Welcome to Buy My Own Lights podcast. My name is Rachel, and I am the creator and host of this ultimate vulnerability project. I know it's cliche to say, but I truly am so glad you're here. This podcast started as a place to reflect on the light and adversity throughout my life. I believe that the world needs all kinds of kinds, and we should live a life according to our own lights with a heavy emphasis on light. I want more light in the world, and sometimes when life happens, it's hard to see the light in it. But if you look, you will find it. I have got to say, author Gary Chapman changed my life. I feel like I've read many books that were life-changing over the years, but something about Chapman's five love languages really hit hard. The funny thing, though, was once I read the book, I was like, oh, okay, that was a nice book. It wasn't until years later when I actually applied the book to my life that I went from, oh, cool, to holy crap, I get it. Now, as a side note, not sure if any of you have caught my trend here from previous episodes, but I have a tendency to learn life lessons years after they were introduced to me. I'm a bit of a late bloomer. But anyway, back to the chat man. For those that have yet to read the book, I'll break it down for you really simply. Basically, there are five ways that we feel and receive love. And those five ways are acts of service, physical touch, gifts, quality time, and my love language, words of affirmation. Now, when I say receive love, think of it as a foreign language. If I speak and understand English, yet you're speaking to me in French, I probably won't understand you. And love languages are the same. So let me break down real simply the love languages as I understand them. Acts of service is just the idea that someone has gone out of their way to make your life easier. It can be simple things like my husband making me my coffee on the weekends. You see, he drinks his coffee black and I add cream and sugar to mine. So for years, he never even bothered making it because he didn't want to mess it up. Then one day, he decided to learn how to make it the way that I like it. And boom, now I get coffee on the weekends, ready for consumption, not made by me. Then there's gifts. Gifts is a little tough. I have known people deny that this is their love language because they feel it sounds shallow or materialistic. But gifts is really all about visual symbols of love. It doesn't have to be about the monetary value. It's usually about the gift-giving process and the meaningfulness of the gift. So as a funny story, the first Christmas with my husband before we were married, he got me a Brita water pitcher as a gift. I didn't even know how to respond when I received it. Needless to say, gifts is not his love language. It's pretty foreign to him. That's his French. His intentions were pure, but the execution was a disaster. However, after almost 10 years together, he's learned more about the language of gifts. 
And just last week, for no reason other than he was there and he thought of me, he went to Dutch Brothers, my favorite coffee shop, and brought me my favorite coffee back. It was unexpected and delicious. And that was a huge, oh my God, he loves me moment. And I was grateful for it. Then there's physical touch. Physical touch is pretty straightforward. People with this love language feel most loved and connected when they're holding hands or cuddling on the couch. Oh, and yes, the intimate stuff too. My husband is not a public display of affection kind of guy, and I'm not that kind of girl either, so it's not likely you're ever going to see us making out in the corner of a room at a party. But I remember the butterflies I felt when we first started dating. Whenever we kissed, it was magical. But it wasn't ever actually because of the kiss. It was the way his hand touched my face as he went in for the kiss. I remember being so thrown off by this that I talked to my girlfriend about it for far too long than she probably wanted to know. But the connection felt different. And now, 10 years later, whenever we're sitting on the couch, If we aren't leaned in toward each other with at least our feet touching, we feel disconnected and like something's missing. Then we've got quality time. Now, quality time is a love language that's high on my list with my friends. It's all about actively wanting to spend time with someone and provide active listening, amazing eye contact, and and just being fully present. It's also pretty high up there with my husband and I. And I can tell you one of the best dates we have ever had together was a few years ago. We put the kids to bed early, got dressed up, made a really nice dinner at home. Then we poured ourselves some glasses of wine, ate a delicious steak dinner, and ended up talking for hours about everything, our future goals, reflecting on our journey thus far. It was incredible. We had never felt so connected than in that moment. And it was the epitome of quality time. There was no TV, no phones, truly wanting to know what the other person was saying and just being fully present with each other. Lastly, we've got words of affirmation. Words of affirmation sound pretty straightforward. But it's so much more than the I love yous and you're so pretty. Those are still very important. And with those, frequency is key. But words of affirmation is best felt when they are followed with because. Now, as someone who gives gifts they like to receive, I try to affirm my husband by saying, I love you because of how much you do for our family. Or, I love you for spending so much time on our budget this month. I know it's a stressor for you, so thank you. Again, it's the fluff with the because. Now, back to the book. The value I got when I initially read the book was the awareness of how I receive love. Therefore, I was able to articulate my emotional needs better. And this is no slight to the chat man, This is my dense skull only choosing what I wanted to hear at the time. And all this really did for me was it gave me the ability to tell my husband, who is acts of service, that if he wants me to know that he loves me, 
that he has to say nice words to me and tell me I'm pretty. Let's go to the French-English situation again. I told a man who speaks French to speak English or I won't believe he loves me. Yeah, not exactly a recipe for a thriving marriage. Now, it is important for me to understand my love language because I have to be able to differentiate between the languages to truly understand them. I need to know everything about words of affirmation to get it. But I also need to learn everything about the other love languages if I want to be able to interact with them. So when it finally clicked in my brain, again, yes, years later, it felt like I opened Pandora's box. I thought it was some amazing gift that was just given to me. But really what happened was I became so aware of how much work I needed to put forth to have this information be valuable in my life. It's great that we all take these tests and find out more about ourselves, but the real benefit is what we learn about others. So my perspectives changed. I couldn't keep demanding those that speak French to speak English for me to understand. I had to learn French. Well, figuratively at least. My husband is more acts of service and quality time kind of guy. So I started to learn more about what that meant. And lightening my husband's familial responsibilities made him feel more connected to me. Spending time with him where I am not scrolling through my social media made him feel more connected to me. So here is some insight into me. I am a terrible housewife. I will probably never retire because then that would mean I would have to do more stuff around the house and that just won't work. Not going to happen. My ultimate household hate is laundry. I despise it. I'm pretty sure I have some deep-rooted trauma from my childhood stemmed from laundry. My husband hates it too, but this is where he's a better person than I am because he will still do the laundry weekly regularly, and with very minimal passive-aggressive comments. One day I could tell my husband was stressed and somehow I had enough energy and a spark to fold the laundry without him asking me to do it. Later that evening, he sincerely thanked me for doing it. At first, I kind of dismissed his gratitude and was like, yeah, no big deal, babe. End of story. And again, dense skull here, But a few days later, I realized what he was actually saying without saying it. He told me in his own way how he felt loved because I was willing to do an act of service for him, a service that he usually does for our family, but I was able to share in that responsibility with him. I don't even think I was trying to tell him I loved him. I just finally had enough energy to do something productive. The irony of it was he started to shower me with words of affirmation subconsciously. Holy cow. Wait, if I tell him I love him by speaking French, then that might help him to learn English? What? So this little discovery turned into a research project for me. I started paying attention to others' love languages and try to speak it to them. 
Well, Rachel, how do you know what someone else's love language is if they don't take the test? Good question. I'm glad you asked. It's really simple, if you pay attention. At our default, you see, we tend to give gifts we would like to receive. It's similar to a reflex. We do it because it's what we know. Now, it's not an exact science, but it's enough to start hypothesizing on until you narrow it down. So I had an employee on my team once who always asked if there was anything I needed them to do or any way that they can help me with the task. At first, I assumed it was because I was the boss and they were new. Duh, they wanted to impress me, right? Well, I started to notice that this person did that with their peers too. They would always offer to do the stuff that no one else jumped to volunteer for. So this told me acts of service is probably high on their list. Another person on the team would ask if I wanted to get coffee with them. They had a tendency to walk one-on-one with others and not as much in group settings. So this told me that this person's love language was probably quality time. Another individual, very similar to me, would always do something above and beyond what was asked for with their work. And they would always ask for feedback and sometimes even go fishing for compliments. Of course, I recognized this love language right away. This felt a lot like words of affirmation. If you slow down enough and look closely at what others are doing and how they respond to praise, you will learn a lot more about how they receive love. Let's go back to my quality time employee. I made sure to put in enough quality time with them because it was important to me that they felt valued and appreciated. I started inviting them for coffee one-on-one instead of waiting for them to invite me. I would give intentional praise privately because I wanted them to know I meant it. As luck would have it, this person started to respond with words of affirmation. They would say things that filled my heart and would provide great counsel for obstacles I was facing. Now, I haven't worked with this person in a few years, but every now and then they will send me a message saying, Hey, thinking of you, or do you know you inspired me in this way? You see, because I took the time to love them in a way they understood, it helped them to love me in a way that I understood, and I didn't have to demand it. It was genuine and authentic. I put my expectations aside and just let them love me the best way they knew how. Sometimes I got lucky and they spoke my language. Other times, I had to go get my French to English translations and find the meaning myself. As I've shared in previous episodes, my husband is my perfect opposite. He is very analytical and more of a linear thinker. I'm abstract and wear my heart on my sleeve. In May this year, we will have been together for 10 years. There seems to be an assumption that after 10 years, we would finally know what each other's needs are and always make the right choice to provide them. Well, that's a myth, a big fat myth. After years of telling him, I need you to tell me I'm pretty, or I need you to tell me why you love me, not just that you love me, I started to look at how he shows me love through his love language. 
Again, this man does 99.8% of the laundry in our house and doesn't ever guilt me for not jumping to do it. He spent years managing our household budget in ways that set us up for more financial growth and greater opportunities. And if I'm cooking dinner, he is right behind me cleaning up my mess. Sometimes a little too quick on the cleanup, but he's there. He's a very active father to our kids and often shoulders the responsibility solo so I can go volunteer for church and usually on a weekly basis. Once I stopped looking for the words of affirmation that he didn't know how to give me, and I started looking at the acts of service he has provided for me over the years, it became very clear how much he loves me and our family. When I stopped making it about me and my expectations, I was able to feel more genuine love. I believe that as evolved humans, we still have the conscious and subconscious nature to imitate others which is why I truly value living your life as a good example for others. Give people something you would be proud to witness if they chose to imitate you. I did not want to have others imitate my selfishness. I did not want others to demand me to change so they can feel something from me. So instead, I said, I will put in the effort to understand you more. I will not demand you to change what you know because I'm too lazy to figure it out myself. So I became an example of humility and an example of selflessness. In turn, I think that started to inspire those around me to imitate humility and selflessness. When we are in a humble state and focused on the needs of others, we grow as people and we learn more than we thought we needed. When others were in a state of selflessness, they could see what my needs were, and they were more likely to recognize that words of affirmation and coffee was the way to my heart. And if they never learned that, at least I learned how to recognize when they spoke love to me in their own language. It's not as easy to be so selfless when the relationship is unhealthy. One big moment of healing for me was keeping all of this in mind when I looked back at my childhood and some very toxic relationships I had with family members. I never felt love from the people I thought were supposed to love me. I felt that their addiction clouded their ability to love me and to provide me with my emotional needs. All of that created many challenges that I had to overcome in my adult years, and I held on to a lot of resentment. The healing for me came when I was able to look back and shed my expectations of love and ask myself, what were the moments or behaviors from them that showed their love for me? Once I was able to speak the different love languages, I was able to translate how they loved me in hindsight. Now, this realization didn't excuse their actions and behaviors, and it certainly didn't erase the trauma, but it helped me to accept that they did the best they could with what they had, and it helped me to close that chapter of my life. Holding on to the resentment didn't serve me. It's not like the resentment made the hurt go away. In fact, it fueled it more than anything, 
and it didn't ever inspire genuine apology or recognition of how the behaviors impacted my life, and it definitely did not change the other person. But again, the realization gave me a sense of peace. I know that given their disease of addiction and the decisions they made, that they did the best they could with what they had. And that was enough for me to close that chapter because I stopped questioning what I did wrong and why I wasn't lovable. So today's invitation, I challenge you to look back at a failed relationship or a hurtful situation and ask yourself, how did that person show me they loved me with what they knew how to do? This does not mean to excuse their behaviors and actions, and you don't even have to forgive them yet. All it means is that you can look back and know that they did the best they could in the situation with what they knew, and it could allow you to close that chapter in your life as well. If you took anything from this episode, I hope it's this. Learn to love others in a language they understand and let them love you the way they know how. Hey, if you liked this episode, be sure to leave a comment or share it with a friend. We're still a very young podcast, so your support and encouragement doesn't go unnoticed. Be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find additional content on our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash by my own lights or our website at by my own lights.com.